0: Hi, I'm Jennifer Mulchandani, and I'm Heather Michelgaard. Welcome to The M Word, where we have uncensored conversations on all things marketing. Due to COVID, we are not recording in the studio and apologize for any poor audio or technical glitches. As soon as it is safe, we will have our guests with us in the studio. Until then, stay healthy and wear a mask.
1: Hello and welcome to the M Word. My name is Jennifer Mulchandani. <laughs> and I'm Heather. And today we're talking to Dr. Natasha Unger with Clarendon Animal Care. Dr. Unger is a native of Western New York, and growing up, she always knew she wanted to be a veterinarian, and she still feels that was a great decision. Dr. Unger graduated from Sweetbriar College in Southwest Virginia and obtained her DMV degree from North Carolina University College of Veterinary Medicine. She met her business partner and CAC co-founder, Dr. Kayleen Glor, when completing a one-year internship at a large emergency hospital in Gaithersburg, Maryland. Together, they co-founded Clarendon Animal Care in early 2015. Natasha credits CAC's steady growth to an awesome support team and the pet-loving Arlington community. Thanks for being here, Natasha. We're excited to talk to you. Thanks for having me. Great. Well, it sounds like you wanted to be a vet from a young age, but what made you open your very own business?
2: Having worked in several practices over the years and seeing things done different ways, Kayleen and I felt like... We were at the point where we had enough medical knowledge that we kind of wanted to experiment on our own with the organization side of things and jump into the running the business, which we had no idea what we were getting into at that point. And still feel like that some days, but really wanted to be able to run things our own way and and set things up how we wanted to right from the get-go.
1: Great. We're here to talk about as many M words as we can around marketing. And I know that's not your your typical role. So how do you interface with the marketing of your business?
2: Veterinarians, we get zero marketing training in school, obviously. But historically, veterinarians did zero marketing. Like Even having their name in the phone book would be considered overzealous. Marketing in the veterinary field really has been pretty obscure until the last probably five to 10 years when it's obviously taken on a bigger role. Coming into it, we really didn't have a plan for marketing, which is actually why we had worked with Jennifer early on to set up a marketing plan and find out what we should be doing. But it's really evolved organically as we've grown. We don't have a super intentional marketing plan. It really stems from organizations we want to support, events that we want to be involved in, and client education. And we try to take it from there and use that sort of as a platform for marketing.
0: Yeah, Natasha, I want to talk through the evolution of your business. And as you've learned more about marketing, what parts or aspects of it have you learned to appreciate or maybe interest you just as the owner watching it go on? What have you seen that you really like about marketing?
2: Some of the client engagement, I think, especially with our social media page, which I I think we have have an amazing social media coordinator in-house who just has such a knack for it. And it's all so out of my wheelhouse. It's hard for me to, she comes up with these clever things. I really love seeing that and seeing how our clients engage with that. We've always looked at the social media stuff as being more for our existing clients and engaging with them rather than necessarily attracting new clients. But that part's really fun for me. And again, the education piece of it, because we do... Education is one of our core values. And so we like to use that as a kind of a starting point, I think, for a lot of our marketing material or marketing efforts, so to speak. Like when we were writing a weekly blog for All Now, it was all obviously very education based, but a good way to get our name out there.
1: I love that you talk about you've got core values and your marketing kind of organically came out of that, education being one. What are your other core values?
2: Excellence kind of across the board, enthusiasm for our profession, for each other, for the work we do. I think it's pretty easy when you work with puppies and kittens, you get to see these pets from the time they were puppies and growing up to be enthusiastic about it. But when you're in the daily grind of it, especially this last year. That's one that we find we're, we're needing to intentionally revisit regularly. Accountability, so again, to ourselves and to our clients, and having a patient centric focus that we're a fear-free hospital, which means we're working towards really trying to provide an experience for our pets that isn't as scary as, as it always is, it's not scary, but we try to limit some of that fear in how we're handling them. We won't wrestle with an upset pet or an anxious pet, like historically, and the, the motto is just get it done. We try to take a different approach.
0: I love that. And Natasha, just going back to the marketing for a minute, how do you decide where to put money into your marketing? Other
2: than when we first had worked with Jennifer and had a plan for marketing. We had nothing, so we, we needed a starting point. We're going to try to do these couple events and we're going to do this blog. And and we, we did have some more intentional strategy with it. Since then, it's really been mostly, again, supporting causes or groups that we're passionate about, like the Animal Welfare League of Arlington and supporting their causes. So trying to get our name out there as a sponsor for any of their programming. We always sponsor their walk for the animals, which is one of their big fundraising events. But a couple of our doctors that are really passionate about education have done one-on-one talks for the community through their channels so it's been a nice it's a nice way to partner with an existing group in the community as well I think.
1: I mean you touched on what we call cause marketing. It's connecting your business at a more fundamental level to making an impact in the community that transcends what you're selling. I've always been very appreciative of seeing how much you guys do invest. Can you share more about because you mentioned AWLA some of the other organizations that you're supporting and and how a lot of businesses think I'm a this, so I'm not in the business of giving to the community. I don't know how to do that. And I think you all have been very creative with some of your activities.
2: Yeah, we do work with a lot of the rescue groups. We have a couple of lab rescue partners that we do a lot with. A lot of the adoption groups we partner with to do initial physical exams, which is a win-win clients come in the door and we hope that once they've had one hopefully great experience that they'll become lifelong clients despite that first initial courtesy exam we're supporting those we're supporting those groups who are going to obviously promote our name in their marketing materials as well but we also really like to support groups that are in Arlington and um, we just we love Arlington so much that it, it's easy to want to support groups that are local um, like with the turkey trot and bridge's independence even though they're not veterinary related. We like to be able to be associated with groups like that that are Arlington focused.
1: Yeah. And I think one of the, you mentioned earlier the how you use the social media, the idea is that it becomes like a community for your own patients, like the, mm-hmm. the human side of your patients yeah. to connect, but you've also held happy hours and you've thrown parties at the park and you've had people come into your offices for tours and behind the scenes looks and How do you characterize the importance of that type of opening your doors and and creating a sense of community? Has that been an important part of building your business?
2: I think it has. We don't think of it, again, probably just as veterinarians, we're conditioned to not think about marketing or not think of it as marketing. So even things like that, we don't necessarily, aside from the happy hours, but even those, we usually have a a group that we're raising money for, the the Welfare League of Arlington or one of the rescue partners. So for us, it's something that we just enjoy doing or like having the Girl Scouts come in or things done talks at the library before on dentistry. Some of it's just stuff that we're nerdy about. And we like to get out there and share knowledge without the first thought being marketing. I think just probably again, because of how we're ingrained in school and that marketing is usually not what we're thinking first and foremost, but I think that those things are probably some of the best things that we've been able to do to get our name out there even though that wasn't necessarily the original intent.
1: In a way, that makes it more authentic, right? Like you're being yourselves and yeah. you're doing things that just mattered to the culture that you were creating in your business. And it, it served a purpose of connecting you to people. So I think that's even better. So you said, I want to go back to, you said some of the things that you like to nerd out on, putting on that veterinarian hat. What about your practice gets you super excited? What do you wish you could talk to people about more? Have people understand about taking oh, care of animals?
2: We're actually big dorks at heart when it comes to the medical stuff, and Kayleen and I will still get excited when we diagnose a weird case or something. And we've been doing it for 15 years, so I think that's one of my favorite things: is that we do every day is is different, even though a lot of it is routine. But there's always going to be something that keeps you on your toes, even after all this time. So that's one of the things that I really love about it, from the medical sense, on the business side, and the marketing side. I think that's kind of what keeps this fresh for us because it's not something that we get in school and it's not something that we had to do when we were working for somebody else. It amazes me that we are where we are six years in and it's kind of been fly by the seat of our pants. We have just fantastic clients and we're able to connect with them probably on a more engaging level as far as what's going on with their pets medically and why heartworm preventative is important and why flea and tick prevention is important and why vaccines are important. A lot of the time it feels like seeing our team, I think what... What geeks me out the most is just seeing how some of our team members have grown with us and what they're now able to bring to the table as our business has grown from four employees to 50. So that's been really, that part is just super exciting to me. I think that's one of the things I'm most proud of is the, the growth of the team and the awesome people that we're able to. Attract now because we do have that solid base.
0: That's a huge accomplishment. Natasha talked to me about the last year. I'm curious about the impact of COVID. What did you see as far as business? And did clients stop coming in? Was it an increase? Yeah, so when things first shut down, remember it was a panicky week or two
2: as we were, you know, trying to think what are we gonna have to close, what's gonna happen, and then literally. It was just craziness from probably the beginning of April on, and it wasn't just us. It's veterinarians across the country have just been swamped in a good way. It's not a complaint, but it was the opposite of what we had expected initially. Uh, and To me, it just shows what, what we already knew, which is that pets bring so much to the table and can be such a good support mechanism for us and mental health and physical health. There's so many benefits of having a pet. It's not surprising in hindsight, but it was a little bit surprising early on to see this big volume and all these new pets being adopted. I think as a profession, there was a lot of growth through COVID.
1: Yeah, but didn't you also open a new location like right in the start of this? We were, yeah, we
2: were already on, you know, on track, so we couldn't really slow things down. And we were fortunate to be able to open in early June without really any significant delays, and it was a it was really a blessing that we had the second location in the works because of the volume of new pets coming in. We were able to accommodate that extra volume. We feel like that was a blessing, and we were able to offer a service to a lot of community pets. Somehow, not most general practitioners, but a lot of the emergency hospitals have been just at capacity, so haven't been able to take sick pets in, and we felt like it was really great to have a little bit of an overflow to be able to do that.
1: Now, one of the things I think people would be curious to hear is, so your first location is in the heart of the Clarendon neighborhood in Arlington, so you became Clarendon Animal Care. And then your second location is along the Columbia Pike near Penrose Square. Was it a struggle for you? Were you worried at all about having a name Clarendon outside of a Clarendon area?
2: Yeah, it's definitely a conversation that we went back and forth on, got a lot of opinions. And at the end of the day, we just decided that we really liked Clarendon Animal Care. And we had a solid reputation to step off from with that. We feel like if we changed the name that we might have lost some of that connection with our existing location. At the end of the day, it was a close call, but we're glad we kept it just from a unifying and simplicity standpoint. We really do envision them as we're one hospital with two locations. All of our records are merged. Some of our staff goes back and forth. So at the end of the day, it was definitely the right decision. It creates some confusion. The occasional client shows up at the wrong location or things get shipped to the wrong location or built to the wrong location. But I think that the benefits outweigh the, the alternative.
0: Natasha, is there anything new or different you want to try this year, either with marketing or business? Anything you haven't done before? Oh, there's always more. Um, And I'm looking forward to hopefully being able to get back out into
2: the community a little bit and have you open our doors up. Yesterday was actually the first day that we officially opened up our lobby at our main location for clients to come in for appointments. So that was really exciting. Like we talked about earlier, we do like being out in the community and engaged with our focus on education. Like to be able to have Girl Scout troops come back in and just be able to have people in the office and us to be able to be out and about in the community
1: more. That's great. One of the questions we always ask guests is who do you look to? What sources do you look to as inspiration, whether for marketing or just even as, as a business owner? How are you getting your cup filled or your continuing education on the business side of things?
2: I think it comes from all directions at this point. Sometimes it's a weekly newsletter that I might delete every week, but something catches my eye in the subject and I'll pop into that. Our practice manager gets the Harvard Business Review, which I always feel really guilty when I see it come in and hand it over to her that I'm not reading it, but something might catch my eye there. One of our biggest resources, I think, is a management group I'm in, and it's 20 hospitals from across the country, similarly sized, all privately owned. They're a a huge resource for me as far as, you know, how are you guys handling this? Or who did you use to update your website? Uh, Or how are you tackling this specific problem? It's just nice to have a group of peers that aren't your immediate competitors as well to reach out to for those types of things. And then sometimes it's seeing things on, you know, maybe seeing something on Instagram that another hospital's is doing. And you're like, I want to do that. Um, one of the things, all the rage was having a little chalkboard with your puppy's vitals as far as like, my name's Susie and I saw Dr. Ungara today and I weighed 7.2 pounds and my favorite treat is this. That's obviously caught on because you see a lot of it now.
0: So, Natasha, I have a question about dogs and cats on social media. Mm -hmm. Is there one group that does better, like the dog owners or the cat owners? I think every social media manager's dream is to be able to just throw in a puppy or a kitten on every post because they do Uh so well. But have you seen whether dogs or cats do better on social media? That's a good question. I feel like I would say cats just because
2: cat followers are so loyal, but obviously there's more dog. like we're 75% dogs and 25% cats as far as like our, our patient breakdown. I don't know. I'm, I'm a dog person, so it's still hard. It's hard to beat the dogs for me, but I think cats are just so funny.
1: And I, I think it. we should tell our listeners too. So you have Clarendon Animal Care has great social media, but then your clinic cat has yes. has- their own social media account which is yes. hilarious.
2: Yes, I think it's cleared in Gremlin care now. Yes, after Tommy Lee Jones passed.
1: But That's right.
2: Bam is pretty entertaining as well. That's right. <laughs>
1: And I think everybody should follow those accounts. It's hilarious. You're now, you said five years into your business? Six, yeah. Six years into your business. A lot of uh, water under the bridge, as they say. If you could go back to that formulating day when you were launching your business, go back to day one, what would you tell yourself?
2: Probably oh, I should have thought of an answer for that earlier on. <laughs> <laughs> Probably just be ready. You know, have to maybe go with the punches a little bit more. Yeah, I think there's so many things you just aren't prepared for. Or that we're not prepared for in our profession coming into it as far as going from working as a veterinarian, prescribing, diagnosing, treating, to managing people. And I suspect that that's the case in any small business or any business at all. But I would have maybe liked to have read a few more of those articles beforehand. <laughs>
0: So, Natasha, if our listeners are local and have pets, where can they find you? And if they're not but want to follow some of your Instagram accounts, how do they find you guys? So our website is ClarendonAnimalCare.com.
2: It's also our Instagram handle. Our clinic cat, ma'am, who is a naked munchkin cat, is at Clarendon Gremlin Care, because he definitely looks like a gremlin. And we also have a clinic bearded dragon who I think is the most funny and his is blink 182,
1: the dragon. That's great. And we'll put those links when we post this episode too for our listeners. So I want to thank you again. I've been talking with Dr. Natasha Unger from Clarendon Animal Care. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks guys.
0: Thanks for listening. We hope you'll come back. Subscribe to The M Word wherever you listen to podcasts. And for more uncensored conversations, visit the M Word page at arlingtonstrategy.com.